You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javet, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. In this podcast, we cover everything from churches and church planting efforts, mission and missions organization evangelism, and unreached people groups, emerging movements and initiatives, justice, current events related to faith, and the persecuted church, too author interviews, and more. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of our Urban Voices. Today I have Dr. Hana Masad with me, and uh, we are looking at his book, uh, Pastor from Gaza. And uh, we are trying to assess some of those uh, situations that causes uh, uh, believers in Gaza and around the world to... Uh, go through a time of persecution and uh, what is the role of uh, evangelical church in the United States and how we can help our brothers and sisters who go through this painful situation in uh, persecuted territories. Dr. Hanna was uh, born in Gaza City and after graduating from Gaza High School, he worked in a private hospital for four years before God called him into the ministry. He was the first local pastor at Gaza Baptist Church, where he pastored the church for 12 years. He went on to be the founder and president of uh, the Christian Mission to Gaza, CMG. After the murder of his uh, friend and fellow church member, Rami, Hana, and his family, along with eight other family, evacuated from Gaza. And today we have the privilege to speak to him. We'll talk a little bit about his background. But most importantly, I want to talk about his book and make this resource available to you should you choose to understand what's going on in Gaza Strip. So welcome to our podcast, to Dr. Hanna. How Thank are you? Very good. Great to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. So... Tell us a little bit about uh, your family background before we get into your ministry calling and how Lord brought you in the ministry. Give us a little brief understanding uh, uh, of your family life. You, are you married? You have children? Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I'm married and uh, we still had my wife and we have uh, two uh, girls, uh, Joyce and Jolene. Uh, I grew up in, born, grew up in Gaza. Uh, my parents belonged to the Greek Orthodox Church uh, in the Gaza Strip, but I got to know the Lord um, in a personal way through the only evangelical church in the whole uh, Gaza Strip in a young age. And uh, later on, uh, had the privilege to pastor um, the Gaza Baptist um, for uh, 12 years, as you mentioned. And uh, the Lord uh, took us uh, in that wonderful journey uh, in the midst of persecution and uh, difficulties, trials. And um, the Lord uh, continued to lead us uh, to the different stages in our life. So I, I understand uh, because I read your bio, you've, you did your PhD in theology from Fuller here in California. And uh, you also pastored here too um, in the United States. Um, how different is it pastoring a church in the U.S. Uh, versus pastoring a church? Because uh, you spent quite some time, 12 years, you pastored a church in Gaza. So what was the difference? How is it different? 
Well, I mean, all of us have challenges. Um, if we pastor in Gaza, um, in one of the most difficult places in the world, or if we pastor here in the States, yeah, even though the challenges uh, will be uh, uh, different, but in the moment uh, you and I trans formed from death to life, from darkness to light, um, the evil one is not very happy about uh, who we become and what we do. So he will do everything to try to put us down. And in uh, the Middle East, in Gaza in particular, it's a throw, uh, unfortunately, the militants, um, Muslims, who uh, is not happy about what we do. And uh, this is why we went through a very uh, difficult time and tough time when one of our leaders um, uh, in the church uh, been uh, kidnapped and uh, executed after 10 hours because of his faith in Christ. Um, as I said here, also in the States or in the West, uh, the challenges is different. Um, it's, you don't have uh, this kind of persecution, uh, but the uh, challenge will be um, in a different uh, uh, levels, uh, but uh, we continue um, to face um, the power of darkness and the evil one. Um, and here in the States, sometimes you have the isolation and feeling uh, lonely because uh, maybe the majority is not in the same path as you are as a follower uh, of Christ. But really the thing, the important thing, wherever we live, if we live in Middle East or if we live in the West, uh, the Lord want to be continue to be faithful um, in this uh, spiritual warfare and just keep our eyes on the Lord and uh, to overcome uh, because he uh, already overcome. We able by his grace and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to overcome uh, as well. Wow, that's powerful. And I hope and pray that uh, pastors who are listening to this uh, podcast understand this is uh, real, that God is connecting people from uh, uh, all kinds of backgrounds and the darkness, whether it's here or somewhere else, is real. And uh, we have to be more vigilant, but also uh, in our preaching, perhaps we have to be more aware of these needs and uh, focus on uh, what's really going on um, in different parts of the world, because darkness in some places means, as uh, um, Dr. Massad just said, um, person was executed for the Lord. It's a real thing. People die for Christ. Um, but at the same time, uh, I want to encourage you guys, uh, as you continue to listen to this uh, podcast, uh, please, uh, again, check out heartformuslims.com. There we are posting these resources for you. Uh, Dr. Massad's book link will be there, too. Um, there are other resources. Encourage your congregation to be part of this uh, uh, kingdom work as uh, many people, including Dr. Masad, continue to serve here and around the world to advocate for uh, believers in Muslim context and reaches uh, those who have yet to come to Christ. So he is, uh, another thing I want to ask him is his work among refugees. Uh, so Dr. Masad, you've been working with uh, refugees for some time, Iraqi refugees. Uh, as I understand, you and your team help around 1,000 Iraqi refugee families in Jordan. Um, and uh, you make trips back and forth uh, to Gaza and Jordan. Uh, what is your 
what is your recommendation for churches who wants to be involved in missions, especially in the context of uh, um, refugees? What is your recommendation for us? Um, you know, the beautiful things about the, the body of Christ, uh, all of us uh, in the East and the West belong to one body. And uh, we can enrich the life of each other and we can learn from each other um, and be really blessing for one another because we belong to one family and the Lord Jesus is the head of that family. So this is why we need to continue uh, to communicate, to pray uh, uh, for, for each other. And, um, you know, um, the families uh, we work with in Jordan, I mean, this ministry started in early 1990. Uh, if you remember the first Gulf War, where right. many uh, Iraqi uh, start to come from Iraq and uh, came to Jordan to find the shelter, uh, because actually Amun, uh, you know, Jordan is considered that area. It's one of uh, the cities of uh, refuge in the Old Testament, and it's still even today, uh, whereas many people from different. Uh, areas, different countries come to Jordan to find the refuge, people coming from uh, Syria, from Iraq, from Yemen, from uh, Lebanon in the past, and uh, Palestinians. And uh, God is using this country, small country, which didn't have much uh, natural resources, but God is using it um, in the past and continue to use it uh, now. So we have more families coming, especially with the persecution of ISIS in uh, I know, 2014, uh, many Iraqi Christian families uh, came uh, to find a shelter. And uh, we try um, to balance their physical need with their, their spiritual needs because basically uh, they're not allowed to work uh, in Jordan. Yeah. I mean, it's very complicated. So it's very difficult for them to work legally. So, um, this is what we do uh, when they come. Uh, uh, we, uh, there's three purposes for this, uh, uh, this ministry. Uh, to encourage people to come in, uh, to hear the message of the gospel. And second, try to disciple and to help uh, the new believers who want to grow in the faith. And the third, um, when the time comes to immigrate uh, to the West, uh, you know, they have something very precious in their heart because this is why they come the refugees, the Iraqi Christians especially, they come to Jordan um, in order to be able to migrate uh, to the West because many of them, they went through difficult time of persecution and the challenges. Um, so these are the main uh, three main purposes for um, the ministry and what we do. Um, you know, you asked me what people um, can do or how to pray for us or what we, what I recommend um, you know, we have people sometimes come and see uh, firsthand what's happening, what's going on, and they become part, um, reaching out with God love to the refugees um, uh, in Jordan. And also we have like with our partner a clinic, um, whereas, you know, refugees could come and also other people who's um, poor and in need, um, you know, benefited from the clinic. Uh, they see um, doctors without a charge and also get the free medicine. Um, you know, and also we have, for example, eyeglasses uh, ministry. Uh, we have a team coming from Texas, uh, First Baptist. 
um, Garland and they come and helping hundreds of refugees with new eyeglasses. And, uh, you know, that's also a blessing. Um, also, we able um, to reach out to the Syrian refugees, um, even though the approach would be a little different because of their background, but we able to share the message of the gospel and also help uh, uh, with food. So now we have about 700 families about we uh, minister to them in regular basis and we have leaders on the ground who you know daily in daily basis uh reaching out helping with home bible study visitation consultation a prayer encouragement um so basically this is uh, uh you know what we do and our brothers and sisters here in the west can pray for us and if they be interested um you know um they could even uh come uh, for short mission trip um, to help us uh, in a practical way if they uh, feel God put this in their hearts. Wow. Let's talk a little bit about your book too. I think that's a good resource to encourage and motivate the church to see what they are unable to observe and see in person because your book uh, elaborates on your experiences and what you saw and all that. And one, uh, in, even in your, I believe in your introduction, this is a paragraph from your introduction. It says, my thoughts are often about injustice because I am Palestinian and it is the in the air I breathe. In my experience, injustice is even more devastating than violence because it cuts through flesh deep into soul and spirit. It seemed that just about everywhere I went, growing up in Gaza through checkpoints and border crossing in the streets during the occupation, I was yelled at and harassed just for being Palestinian. So this is, uh, this is the reality of our world. When we say um, Palestine or uh, Pakistan, I'm Pakistani by birth. I grew up there, uh, spent the uh, first uh, half of my life there. Um, so when we say, if I'm from Gaza or I'm from Pakistan, immediately uh, it is assumed that you are Muslim and thus uh, the, the injustice that you face back home is also uh, somewhat evident in the eyes of uh, folks here too. Um, how, how, first, talk to me about your book. Uh, um, why do you think people should read? And uh, if they read, what type of lessons they can learn from your book? Um, well, it's difficult to summarize uh, the book in a few uh, minutes, but uh, I will try my best. Basically, really, the book, it's about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and how the Lord uh, helped us in the most difficult time um, in our life. How the Lord uh, picked up a little uh, boy uh, who went through tough times from the side of the road, uh, washed uh, me and he cleansed me, forgave me and put his loving arm uh, around me and uh, give me this honor um, to serve him and to reflect his, his love. And it's just really, it's about the goodness um, and the faithfulness of God in different stages in, in, in our life. And this talks about the journey uh, of persecution. Uh, as I mentioned, when one of our leaders uh, been uh, kidnapped and uh, executed because of his faith and because he believed, because we believe because he uh, refused uh, to deny his faith and be converted to another faith. And how the place of the ministry been bombed, whereas my wife was the director uh, in the Bible Society in Gaza. 
at that at that time. It just um, uh, talk about the lessons we learn in the darkest hour of our life and how we experience the goodness, the faithfulness, how we experience the presence of God, how the Lord uh, inspired us by um, uh, to live by the power of his love and the power of his forgiveness, be willing to love and to forgive the people who persecuted and the people who executed and killed um, our dear brother. And um, also the book is, talks about uh, that uh, to minister in Gaza, basically we live between fires. We have the fires of the militant Muslim who is not about, happy about who we are and what we do. And they, some of them, uh, they try to hurt us. And this is why we evacuated uh, from Gaza in the time of persecution. But my heart is still there. This is why I keep going uh, back uh, like about three times a year. But also um, the book it talks about... Um, uh, beside the lessons we learned uh, in the time of persecution, um, I mentioned about the fire of the militant, but also the fire of the traditional church, unfortunately, is not very happy about you as evangelical, about who you are and what you do. And also the fire of the Israeli occupation, on the other hand, um, because Gaza under siege from everywhere, from the land, from the sky, um, and from the sea. And really the big question, it's how to live your faith faithfully to the Lord in the midst of these challenges. How you don't allow unforgiveness and bitterness to rule in your life and to lose God's call. And um, I have brothers and sisters uh, like me who made up, uh, by the grace of God, we made up our mind that we will not allow unforgiveness and hit, hatred and bitterness um, rule in our life because we know then we will be uh, lose God's call and um, uh, his uh, destiny uh, in our life. But uh, by his grace, uh, we want him to be first and uh, we want to live by the power of love and forgiveness. Amen. And, uh, yeah, so basically... Uh, just last thing, uh, you know, the book talks about uh, give Christian perspective about this uh, horrible conflict between Israel and Palestine. And uh, just uh, hopefully and using theological uh, foundation, um, uh, try maybe to show the other side of the coin, which is uh, not many uh, brothers and sisters here in the West have the chance to see. Yeah. yeah. So that is a tough one right when you say uh love the one persecutes you right how, how can we learn to love those who persecute us right and when we know uh, that the persecution continues you you got out of there a while ago but but not it did not change much in that region right things yeah. continue to be um it, it remains the same, nothing changed, but yet somehow you found peace in your heart to forgive your persecutor. Uh, somehow you are willing to love your persecuted persecutors, even while you are loving them, you know, they still going to persecute. How do you come to that realization where you are willing to uh, love your uh, uh, persecutor. In this context, I come from Pakistan, same thing with me. The very reason we started this Heart for Muslims uh, conference, because I love truly, I love Muslim uh, community. And I know 
that the Lord has called me to do that. But it was not always like that. I was just like you. I, I hated, I wanted vengeance, right? I wanted, wanted vengeance of God, but it was hurting me even more until I began to forgive. And uh, I realized that uh, God has given me opportunity to advocate for Muslims here because uh, uh, Muslims are, even right now, uh, Muslims are not uh, uh, seen as a human, rather enemy because of 9-11 and uh, now the Afghanistan refugees are coming in. So all of this is happening. So how do you, as a pastor, because you're still a pastor, how do you communicate that gospel truth to a congregation um, and encourage them to love Muslims, uh, love your persecutors, regardless of how they are going to treat your brothers and sisters in those countries. How do you it, communicate? Yeah, it's um, it's very important. I mean, uh, really the big question, what is the most important thing for you and for me as followers of Christ? And Jesus is our ultimate example in the most, in the most difficult moment in his uh, life uh, on the cross when he was hanging on a piece of wood between heaven and earth where he said, Father, forgive them. And this is the ultimate example we want to follow. And our faith in Christ is first before anything else. And, you know, uh, all of us, um, you know, regardless what we believed in, created in the image of God. So when I look at you, I see God in you uh, because you created in the image of God. So when we look at each other, even if we don't have the same faith, we can see God in each other because all of us as a human being are created from one blood and created on the God's image. Let me just share quickly about, I mean, we cannot do it with our own strength. I mean, how you can live the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, um, we cannot live it by our own strength. We need the grace of God. We need the power of God. And because, you know, he loved us so much, we're able to love others. Because he forgave us so much, we can forgive others as well. Let me just give you a quickly example about Pauline, the young widow who were in her 20s, um, Rami's uh, wife. You know, when Rami murdered, you know, uh, his wife, Pauline, he wasn't 30 yet two more weeks to go and his um, uh, Pauline, his wife was in her twenties and they have two children. George was two and a half at that time. And Wissam was less than one year old and she was pregnant. And a few months after that, she has a baby girl and she called her Sema. Sema in Arabic means heaven. And she said, because Rami, he's in heaven. And this is really the, the main thing what's keep us moving forward and continue to inspire uh, us in our journey of faith, that there is nothing Jesus wasn't able to overcome because he, the only one, stood in the front of Lazarus' tomb and said, this word, I am the resurrection and the life who believed in me. You know, if he die, he will live uh, again. So this is what really uh, encourages us and inspire uh, us. Let me just say quickly what Pauline said uh, in one year anniversary after the martyrs of her husband. She said, this is my revenge. This is my revenge. May the people who murdered my husband, they come to know the Lord. Amen. And I never forget when she came on Christian Satellite TV, watched by millions of people, millions of Muslims around the Middle East. And she said, I forgive the people. I forgive the people who murdered my husband. And she explained why, because what Jesus did on the cross. So this is what encourages us and inspires us in this journey. 
uh, to live uh, because this is the most powerful tool available to every follower of Christ to live mm-hmm. by the power of love and to live by the power of forgiveness and we don't want to live it in any other way and uh, we you know, honored the Lord, the Lord chose us and called us to live um, for him and to reflect his love regardless where we live. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. This is, um, I think, important for all of us who come from uh, those areas to articulate very clearly because in the in an environment where hate is uh, fostering and hate is... Uh, uh, the main thing to divide uh, our country, the United States, uh, and the hate is the thing that is killing people overseas in the Middle East. Uh, people like you and I have a unique place to speak about the love of Christ. May the Lord hear our cry and bring many to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. May he continue to use you to mobilize the churches, individuals, uh, to reach Muslim communities, show the love of Christ so we can uh, build Christ's kingdom, not ours. So thank you so much for being on this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm sure as the time passes, we will come back and uh, love to have you again sometime. And perhaps we can have some uh, uh, event together as part of our Heart for Muslims conference as well. Uh, so thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Great to be with so, you. I always, because we always, uh, this podcast been a bit stressful for since its inception. Uh, first, we ran into um, the issues that were going on in New York City, uh, riots and injustice against the uh, Black community. And then we came out of that, and now we're dealing with still persecution. Most of the content is very stressful. So I like to always start with family life. That's why I ask you about your family. I have four children and the audience already knows because in every episode I try to talk about them. I have five years old, three years old, and my twins are one year old now, my daughters. Um, But toward the end, I always ask uh, to tell me a joke. I know that you you lived a very uh, hard life and still dealing with some of the hardest stories in the world. But I want to make sure that we're still human uh, and we have some humor. So tell me a joke before we close this time. Oh, you want me to say a joke? Yeah, tell me a joke. Okay, well, uh, I never forget when I was preaching in uh, the church in Gaza. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a visitor from America. He's an American preacher. And, uh, you know, he preaching, I was translating for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was surprised in the midst of the sermon, he mm-hmm. said a joke, but I didn't understand that joke. And uh, I, I looked at the people and said, folks, the preacher just said the joke, but I didn't understand <laughs> it. Please laugh to encourage him. <laughs> that so is a perfect, that's a practical joke. Yeah, that's that's, that's it's, perfect. It's, it's a joke. It's, it's just a joke. No, so. that is the joke. That's perfect joke. Or it's a commentary on joke. Thank you so much, Hannah. Uh, may Hannah God bless you and continue to use your ministry. I know in your book you talk about how people confuse your name, so I just want to let people know it's John in Arabic. Uh, so it's uh, uh, Hannah. That's why I was confirming his name uh, even before this podcast. So uh, thank you so much, brother. God bless you. Thank you. Blessings.
You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.